Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I'm sitting backstage in the Commodore Ballroom with two members of Local Natives. I'm going to get each of you to introduce yourself. I'm Taylor Rice. But Taylor, what do you do in the band? <laughs> I'm Taylor Rice, and in the band, I sing and I play guitar. And I'm Kelsey Ayer, and I sing and play keyboards. So we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Vancouver is traditionally either the first stop or the last stop in most North American tours. Mm -hmm. This is the first date of the Spiral Choir Tour. Wow. So how do you guys feel? So good. Uh, tour, the first day of tour is you're just full of optimism and hope, and it was a perfect day. Just feel good. Yeah, we got to sleep in a hotel last night. So uh, it always feels nice to get those hotel nights because sleeping on the bus can get um, hard to do if you're like a light sleeper like myself. So I got to get my melatonin on <laughs> and get my, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So how do you feel? I feel great. Oh, good. Yeah, I feel really good. Good. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. I love it when bands decide to give their tour an individual name and they don't call it the album name. Spiral Choir Tour. Why don't we start off with you explaining what that is? So we've never done this before, but we also love it when people name their tours. So we thought we'd, we'd give it a shot. And this, uh, this name came from, actually was like a failed album name. And uh, it came from our experience making the record Violet Street with our producer, Sean Everett. And this just kind of like crazy moment in the studio, you know, it's 3 a.m. late nights and we were, we had this microphone set up and we we're all running around it in the circle and screaming and banging on things as you do to make records sometimes. And we, it just sort of, we really got carried away with it and it, it kind of like got a little manic and crazy and we're all like in a pile on the floor kind of laughing at the end. And then Sean and we end up turning it into the super beautiful serene chord that's in the background of the first song on the album. And so it was this like super chaotic moment that turned into something really beautiful. And we just had such a great time making this record. It was like the perfect embodiment of what it felt like to kind of be in the studio together. Nice, you told that really well. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, yeah, no as do I. Yeah, he represents me, so yeah. yeah. He's gotta Would represent you? well. Would you like to add to the story? No, no. Uh, uh, I think he 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 said it very gracefully, very um, eloquently, with lots of vivid detail. Um, I am a fan of his, of the way he spins his yarns. Nice. <laughs> I think it's time to hear a song. I'm gonna play "When Am I Gonna Lose You," which is off your latest record, Violet Street. So, how about you guys imagine with me for a second that some people have never heard of local natives ever before. How about, Kelsey, you prepare them to hear the song? Um, sit back, relax, grab a drink of your choice, and get ready for it all. Wait, when am I gonna lose you? How will I let you slip through? Careless or
You just heard When Am I Gonna Lose You? That's off the record Violet Street by the band Local Natives. I have Taylor and Kelsey sitting here with me backstage in the Commodore Ballroom. All right, Taylor, it's your turn to talk about this song. Um, this song took the longest of any song to make. Why is that, Tay? Why is that? 
It, it was my fault. Uh, <laughs> we had about 37 or 38 versions of the song by the end of it. And I, I sort of got a little obsessed and, and went crazy with it. But this one was just very important to me. We, we actually have three songwriters in the band and three singers. And we're super collaborative and democratic. But um, we all bring different songs to the table. And this one was one of mine. And it really enveloped um, the last couple of years for me in this kind of epic journey that I was on with with my relationship and um, I just felt that it needed to be perfect (laughs) (laughs) to uh, much to Kelsey and some of the other guys frustration at moments but they really stuck with me they stuck by it and I actually prefer uh, version number 21 Um, so I don't know if anyone will hear that ever we'll see still early days how dare you So I've read a little bit about this song, and I've heard that it's about your wife, Taylor. I wanted to ask you, how does your wife feel about this song after hearing it? (laughs) We listened to it, version 35, so it was almost done (laughs) um, for the first time, like uh, driving up to our wedding, which was in Big Sur, where the song takes place and was also a, a part of our relationship and our story. But we got married in, in Big Sur last year, and we listened to it um, driving up uh, the the one there. Do you know Do you know about Big Sur, the one? Do you know about these things? I've read about it, but I haven't experienced it, so why don't you paint us a picture? <laughs> okay. Um, Big Sur is in kind of like uh, somewhere, what do, do you call it? Central California? I think it would, no. it would, it would count as more Northern California. Okay. It's, it's on the coast, um, just south of San Francisco, north of Los Angeles by about six hours. And it's very beautiful. Um, they're huge, like very ancient redwood trees that are hundreds of feet tall and a thousand years old. And there's the ocean and there's cliffs. Um, it's just a really special place. It's really famous in a lot of books. I feel like it's like in literary circles or... Henry you know, Miller. Henry Miller, yeah. yeah. Henry Miller has his library there, the Henry Miller Library. You've heard of this? For people who don't know, who is Henry Miller? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's actually a bit of a misogynistic author, actually. But yeah. uh, he did write some good stuff, too. Um, I'm going to jump in and say that he wrote a lot of erotic novels and is probably famous for that yeah he wrote some that's about right yeah that yep. feels good mm-hmm. that feels correct mm-hmm. what was the question the question <laughs> was you're driving up this beautiful highway road you just played your wife this song oh, right. about your relationship and she reacts by doing or saying by marrying me <laughs> next <laughs> um yeah uh she, I, I think she, yeah she's she's on board <laughs> She's yeah. on board with it, yeah. It's it's a it's a funny thing, like because we all have significant others, and and we write from our personal lives, so they will find their way into songs of ours. And but I mean, I I think if they wouldn't, if they had like any big monumental problems with that, we probably wouldn't be with them. So. Um, oh, I thought you were gonna say we probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. I would not be with Mel if oh. uh, she wasn't cool with me being able to write about us. Cool. Yeah. Let's send this to Mel right after this. I'll tell. I'll text her. <laughs> I'll text her right now and tell her what I said. She'd be like, "Yeah, it's probably right." All right, cool. Yeah, cool. She doesn't like it when I say her name, so I don't say her name in the songs. I feel like there's that's that line. I can be reasonable. I'm, a, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool. I'm a good husband. Well, that's great to hear. So why don't we listen to another song? I'm gonna play Megaton Mile off the new record. Who wants to talk about this before we hear it? Uh, Megaton Mile is in a. Um, 
I would say, uh, imagine a party at the end of the world. Um, and this is kind of what the song is supposed to evoke. heard the track Megaton Mile off the record Violet Street by the band Local Natives. Kelsey talked about it before we heard it. Now it's Taylor's turn. Uh, Megaton Mile is just a really fun song about the apocalypse. And uh, this one was super fun for us to make. We got buried Brian Eno in the studio with it. Um, we kind of copied some Talking Heads production techniques. 
for those who don't know, describe those two musicians in a sentence. Uh, Brian Eno is a world famous, renowned music producer who's produced uh, giant albums from Talking Heads to U2 to David Bowie and he had this technique where he would run a huge loop of tape like around a room and then play the instruments on the tape on faders so that you're not actually playing instruments you're playing the faders which are playing the instruments it's like loops of music it's really crazy it's really fun uh, and uh, I, I mean, it, if you're looking for the kind of sound that it makes, uh, Once in a Lifetime is a good example of that technique. That was kind of a big influence for the song. I was just laughing. It's funny to, to try and describe um, studio techniques that are hard to understand yeah. when you're in the studio on like an audio podcast. <laughs> it can be it can be difficult. It's but just take his word for it. It was it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, sure. You guys are doing a great job of explaining things. I appreciate it. In the background, you guys might hear some weird noises. That is the opening act tonight doing their sound check. How about you talk a little bit about these guys? Middle Kids are from Australia. We haven't met yet. It is the first day of tour, um, but we are fans of theirs. And um, I do know some people that know them. I've been assured that they're just a bunch of sweethearts. And we're really excited. We're taking them on this entire North American tour. Yeah, I would say stereotypes are are bad. Like, right, right? But I do find that most Australians and Canadians that I meet are really Whoa. nice. So I don't Whoa. know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you do with really good stereotypes. Whoa, man. <laughs> You're very nice. That's a bridge too far. I'm kidding. <laughs> you guys have been on a lot of tours over your career where you've been the opening act. Can you tell me about a strange first meeting of a band you were opening for actually we were just walking by uh what's the name of that venue we played with the national uh orpheum maybe Something? perhaps yeah. uh orpheum yes and that was uh the first time touring with the national you wanted this to be strange it was more like very lovely we met um Everybody in the band there was super nice, and we met Aaron there, who ended up producing our second record, who writes the songs and records a lot of their music. Um, but that that was memorable, and I was just thinking about that two hours ago. I'm trying to think of a weird time, though. Hmm. I mean, there's definitely a hierarchy to where, like, you know, you have the the headline band, and you have their tour manager, and and our tour manager has to like obey their tour manager but our tour manager has to obey us <laughs> it's like game of thrones for bands no I, I don't i'm trying to think of any of anything truly truly weird and um like we there are only stories that we could never tell <laughs> like you you've asked a question which is not possible to answer appropriately in any way unfortunately <laughs> Fair. All right, I'll let you guys off the hook. Let's listen to another song. I'm going to pick Tap Dancer off Violet Street. That's my favorite song on the record. I'd love to hear one of you guys talk a little bit about it before we hear it. Yeah, yeah. That is one of the songs that I brought to the table. Like Taylor said earlier, it's like three songwriters in the group. Um, and it's one that we had, that I had in my pocket for a while. And then we did this um, documentary with Vice Land. Um, called Earthworks, where we went to the Colorado River and learned all about water conservation because that's a big crisis in the desert cities of, of Southern California and like Arizona and Mexico. Um, 
And we played a version of this song on a boat in the middle of the Colorado River, uh, just me and Taylor. Uh, and it really informed actually a lot of choices we made when we actually recorded the song. Yeah. 
to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Tap Dancer by a band called Local Natives off their new record, Violet Street. I have Kelsey and I have Taylor in the backstage area of the Commodore Ballroom with me. It's your turn now, Taylor, to talk a bit about this song. Tap Dancer. I feel like it's one of the best moments recording, I feel like, that just like set that up. Walking into the room and Sean showing us the thing. What thing? The thing? Oh, oh, the, the vocal loop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes our super genius producer, Sean Everett, would really help us out by <laughs> making very incredible um, moments happen on the record. And on Tap Dancer, it's no exception. He, um, we had sung all of these parts in this long chorus, and he squashed together maybe like 45 seconds of singing into say 12 seconds or 15 seconds and it's the weird vocal sample that happens in the song it kind of sounds like a bit like an alien voice perhaps um and when we we all heard it we were jamming on the song and and tinkering around and then that was really something of sean's creation completely and we'd and we were all kind of like just floored and felt like that was perfect and we, we couldn't figure out the song and in this moment the the whole song just came together We're like okay that's the third part this is how it wraps up this is kind of how we complete the journey for it this record violet street pitchfork said that this record focuses on the unsung upkeep of relationships i mean it's a different take on how we've who wrote it think about it <laughs> um i, I think one of the themes on this record is about where we find grounding in our lives. And it's a chaotic world out there, um, kind of globally, and then just always interpersonally as well. And uh, like a lot of the themes of the record are, are like this thread of what gives you shelter, what grounds you kind of to the earth, where do you feel really at home? And for us, a lot of that is relational in our relationships with our partners and our lovers, but also our, our friends and each other. So I, I the unsung upkeep. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, fair enough, but that, maybe that's just not how I would look at it. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that touching on, on relationships with, where we have with each other and what we have with the outside world, I think is a, a big th- um, through line for this for this record. So I, I can see that. And and I think there is a, a fair amount of, of, of us growing up, becoming older, understanding what is really important to us and, and how to manage. Um, we, we, were, we were young once. We're not really old yet. So we're like kind of in this middle ground of trying to figure out um, what, a good, what are good grounding things for us and, and to, to live healthy, fulfilled lives. And, and yeah, I think that has a lot to do with with this album. So being in a band for 10 years is an accomplishment. I'd love you guys to talk a little bit about the emotional upkeep of keeping those relationships strong. Yeah, as I was sort of criticizing the critique, I was like, oh, that's actually pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is something that uh, I do think is is sort of unique about local natives. Um, 
every band that we've ever met, and ours is, is no exception, has like a really insane dynamic. Just like it's this crazy mix of egos and you work together and you live together and you're business partners and creative partners. It's, it's like a really crazy thing. Um, but we have really prioritized our relationships and we have like check-in emotional, you know, checkups and, and talks like all the time. And it's something usually when other groups run across it, they, they, they do kind of like find it rare that, um, we, we do that so often, but it's something that for us being together in this way for so long, it's just so important if we're not friends, if we're not able to like tensions are natural and going to happen. And especially when we have this democracy and this creativity, there's not a super clear hierarchy um, the way there might be in other dynamics. And so, yeah, that is something that we do a lot of. It is, it does feel like a rare thing um, when we do talk to, to other bands and it feels like a very special thing that it's like, um, I, I think it's the reason why we try to keep everything as democratic as we can so that no one is just embittered after years of not having a say in something. I don't, I don't know. I, I, maybe if I was a, a cutthroat asshole that we would be a bigger band. <laughs> or like if one person would just be like, oh, if you were, that would be the end of us, man. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't have made it to year 10. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, no, if any of us were. If you were steering the ship, you'd run it right into the ground, I'm saying. Oh, right, 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 right. Cool. <laughs> this is uh, the, these, these playful j- jibes that they these playful stabs we give to each other. It's funny you're, you're asking this question and talking to us because it's, uh, it's interesting, like Taylor and I sing um, most of the songs, like lead vocals, and so that has its, its own dynamic and the bigger dynamic, and we always have to, uh, we have like little huddles and we figure out like how we're feeling with each other, and I think it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. I was afraid you guys might have to have an emotional check-in back there, but I'm glad. Turn, turn it off, turn it, turn it off. I'll tell you what instead, I'll let you guys have your space to do it. I'll play a song. <laughs> I'm gonna play a song off the last record, Sunlit Youth. I'm gonna play Dark Days. So how about somebody quickly say something about that before we hear it? Um, I would love to say two things about this song. One is that Nina um, Pearson sings on the song. And she is? The singer of the Cardigans. And, and the cardigans are? They have this song that's like, Love me, love me, say that you love me, fool me, fool me. God, they might not even know that song. <laughs> I don't know. So, so I think that song's pretty popular. Listen, but. you young folk, you got a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, oh, boy. Okay, so I just wanted to b- mention that because a lot of people don't know that it's her singing on the song. We, like really did not enough put that out there. Nope. People mostly have no idea, um, which is sad to me only because it was such a dream to get her on the song and to work with her. I think she has such a beautiful voice and very nostalgic for myself. Um, and so I'd just like to mention that. And also, how about we hear the song and then talk about it more after? Perfect. Finally what you came for Finally what you hope to find Racing on from her house Looking out for black and white Dark days in the summer A million ways to toe the line Can't wait, holy other 
Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Dark Days by a band called Local Natives off their record Sunlit Youth. Taylor was talking a little bit about the guest vocalist on the track before. He had one more thing he wanted to tell us about the song. Um, also, I'd like to mention about the song that Ryan, who is not present in this interview, but the third songwriter, he, uh, this is one of his songs. Because you've heard about a Taylor song, you've heard about a Kelsey song, and now, now you're hearing a Ryan song. The reason why I wanted to play this song is because local natives are well known for their vocal harmonies. This is one of the rare instances where you bring a female voice into your music. Yeah, I, I think on this record, so this is our, from our third record, and we were feeling like um, wanting to switch things up and and love like classic duets uh, and uh, classic uh, male-female singer duets especially. So um, we had this idea for this song, and that's why we were just thrilled because I think the um, Nina was like like at the top of our list. Like, oh, how amazing would that be? And yeah, uh, she ended up doing it. So how about we talk about how you experimented on this record, Violet Street. Yeah, sure. Um, I have to mention again, uh, super genius producer, Sean Everett. Um, he, we had a situation where we were in his studio. He's got this big warehouse in downtown Los Angeles. And um, we were all set up kind of like live as a band in a room. And that's actually like not easy to do. Most producers, don't like most bands don't really do that um even bands which you know um, a lot of people are not making band records um but this one we were really able to play off each other and capture a lot of that live and spontaneously something that we hadn't done a lot of in the last couple of records a little bit more meticulously produced and this one was just like 
experimenting kind of as crazily as we could uh, until like 3 a.m. every day. And it was just super fun. Kelsey, would you like to weigh in? Yeah, I, I would. It's funny because um, in, in some ways it doesn't it doesn't feel as experimental as it really was making the album because so our three previous albums, we would demo the songs first, write every single guitar part, vocal part, drum part, and then bring that all into the studio and recreate it um, much better more with more fidelity just like sounding better uh this record we had skeletons of songs and decided to just let's just start from scratch with basically everything with this dude sean everett in his studio and it made so that every day was like this this really exciting kind of adventure to see what um what avenues you would go down to record a certain song sometimes we would um, record bits of stuff and then play it um, on a huge giant loop like for Megaton Mile or sometimes we'd we'd record little things and put it on a, a sampler and play the song that way um, but there was just all these like I guess experimental recording techniques that they're yeah like we said earlier they're super hard to explain um, and I guess we get the it. yeah we just get joy from it. it or yeah take our word for it it's uh <laughs> Oh, this album's experimental. Oh, yeah, a lot. I think what I'll do now is I'll play a song off your very first record, Gorilla Manor. I'm going to play Wide Eyes. It's one of my favorite songs. So how about you give me a quick intro to this song? That is also a song that Ryan wrote, um, and it almost didn't make Gorilla Manor. That was part of three songs that we recorded um, right before we kind of wrapped things up because we had most Gorilla Manor recorded for like a year and then thought it felt like it needed a couple more tracks and Wide Eyes was one of them.
back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Wide Eyes off the debut record of a band called Local Natives. That record is called Gorilla Manor. Taylor, how would you like to talk a bit about this song? Man, Wide Eyes is, yeah, one of our oldest songs now. Um, I don't know. What should I say about Wide Eyes? Do you guys still play it every night? Every <laughs> every single night. I think there's only a handful of Gorilla Manor songs that are still played. So it's funny that like our relationship to the song is is really different. I think it's a little bit different live than what it is on the record. Um, whenever I hear it, which is very rare, um, like being played, it sounds very strange to me. Yeah, I think I think it being your first record, there. I mean, now we're ten years out, and we there's a lot of things we don't feel like have held up as well. But Wide Eyes, I think, has. For, for us, which is is uh, it's great it's a great thing where when you don't cringe playing a song, so there's a couple songs that I cringe at that we don't play and I'm fine with it. <laughs> we, we luckily cut. There are like a few songs that did not make Gorilla Manor that were pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> What's one song that you've cut that you're happy you cut? Oh, uh, the crystal your crystal ball song was. Not your Jesus best, Christ. not your finest <laughs> hour. There's a, ball, there's a song called Crystal Ball that... Uh, but hey, we, fi- we figured out. Don't put that out. We, f- we figured <laughs> yeah. it out. We figured that out before we put anything out, yeah. We're young. Yeah. We're young, but we figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> so Gorilla Manor was actually... The album Gorilla Manor was actually named after the communal house that the whole band lived in. Presumably now because you guys have wives, families, etc., etc. You guys don't live together anymore, but for the tour you will be temporarily. So I thought you could go back in time and talk about one annoying habit the other one had in that group house. Kelsey and I lived together in Gorilla Manor in that uh, house that we had together in this tiny converted garage room. And our mattresses were on, just on the floor. And we were both, it was, you were so filthy and messy, but I was worse. <laughs> like, I like how you set that up. Nice. It was, yeah. it was just like so brutal. It was so terrible and brutal. But that yeah. Now, I now remember. Uh, I remember Taylor had a, a cereal bowl with cereal in it, and uh, it went like one week, and he didn't clean it. I was like, I wonder how long it'll take. And it was like months, and it grew mold in the bowl. What the hell? That wasn't. That was not months. That was maybe a week. However long it took to grow mold. Mold can grow fast, my friend. You're a mold expert. Yeah, I know. I know growth rates of mold. (laughs) That was actually a science experiment he was conducting. Oh, I yeah, Yeah. I didn't know. You know, these UCLA grads—they're so smart. You know, and they just—it goes right over my head. You know, I'm just this dumb idiot. uh, From. Come on, you gotta save him now. No, save me. No, man, you went you went to UCLA for one quarter. You're good. I, I did. I went I went to UCLA for a quarter, and then uh, we started doing well in the band, and then I quit. And my mom kept being like, uh, even even when we were playing like a, we played like a Tonight Show. We played like Craig Ferguson, some some somebody in the U.S. He's not on there anymore. But uh, my mom still would be like, Kelsey, you have to go back to college. She was Colombian, so I had to do her accent. She must be pretty happy about where things are now. She would be, <laughs> uh, but it's all good. She uh, passed away. Yeah. Hummingbird, I know. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Right. I think that she is is she is happy. I, I always think of this story of, so that happened where she kept hounding me to go back to college, kept being like, no, mom, it's going really well. And then finally, when Urban Outfitters started playing us in their stores, she was like, Kelsey, I heard of, I, a friend told me they heard you in the Urban Outfitters. You are doing so great. I am so proud of you. <laughs> That's so so that was the thing that uh, that sent her over the edge and got her support. That's very sweet. Yeah, that is so sweet. Oh, I was on your SoundCloud page today, looking at your songs, and I noticed that you guys have put up all the stems of your older songs. First of all, for people who don't know, explain what stems are. Stems are the individual tracks um, in the given song. So the, all the guitars separated from the bass, from the drums, etc. And so, why did you guys decide to do that? It's awesome to release those because then people, fans and other people, they like to take them and create their own remixes and their own music out of them. So it's a thing that we've done with every record and we've gotten hundreds, if not thousands of remixes over the years from it. And so it's just something that, that we enjoy doing so that people can make their own music out of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean... It, it, it's something we've had a lot of fun doing. We've gotten a lot of great remixes from that. And we actually have some remixes for this new album, Waiting in the Wings, that we're going to unleash upon the world uh, that we're pretty excited. There's some people who've done some stuff that we're pretty big fans of. But Well, I can't wait. So last question. You guys got to go. You've got to meet your opening act. You've got to get ready for the show, have dinner, all that stuff. So before you go on stage, you guys used to do yoga to relax, or some of you did. Does that still happen? Who did yoga? I wonder if that was Ryan. Um, I mean, we do we do we do a little bit of stretching before, no. probably. No. Yeah. Who's stretching and doing yoga? Well, I mean, I'm, I I do yoga outside of this. That's not, I actually. That's not what he said. I know, but I don't know how to answer because I don't remember anyone doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible that Ryan meant he's doing yoga because he does stretch a little bit. Nick, Nick Nick does do stretches. Nick has like uh, Nick is our bass player and he has a uh, back stuff. I just don't know who's doing secret yoga and I'm it's not, not noticing. It's not secret. You're just not looking at Nick. I'm just gonna look out. at Nick more. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Nick. Yeah. Well, I brought my yoga mat actually, and I I do plan on doing yoga on this tour. So then before you go on stage, what is it? Is it a huddle situation, a poem recantation? What happens? We um, do have a huddle that yeah. we do um, with a small ritual. And usually we change it up every tour. But as this is the beginning of the tour, we don't know what the variation will be this time. But it usually includes us huddled together, taking a deep breath together, and then usually making a weird noise in a circle. That's yeah, and and then I don't know what we're gonna add this time. Kelsey, can you tell me a past weird noise? Oh, um, I'm already worried that you gave away too much, so I don't think I can say the weird noises that we make. I think it's got to stay locked in the vault. This is the one thing that you're gonna be super secretive yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, I'm not <laughs> secretive about anything else, but well, I, I, you know. I think that's got to stay okay. in the vault. What? Some things just got to stay secret. Should we tell Nick's sound? I, it's, I literally just said we got to keep the sounds in the vault. Oh, all of them. All of them. All right. All right. I I know that now each of you does a secret weird sound. So that's enough for yeah, now. I wonder what it is. You have to, yeah, that's the that's the, the legacy. The, the legend will spread. What sounds are they making? 
I'm imagining them now in my head. So guys, Taylor, Kelsey, thank you very much for spending some time with me tonight. I do appreciate it. At the end of the show, I let the guest pick one of their own songs and they have to explain why they chose it. What I generally suggest is that you pick a song on the new record that may not get radio play, but you want people to appreciate in the way that you appreciate it. Ooh, okay, wait, who's gonna pick it? I think we should rock, paper, scissors. I think I should pick it. What? Why? Okay, right. you owe me one. Let's you go, owe me go, one. Let's go. All right, all right. Best out of Straight one. Up. Best out of one. Straight up. Yeah. No, no shoot. Whatever. Right? I know. Okay, okay. Uh, Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. I got you. Ah, I was paper. He was uh, scissors. <laughs> Good, they excellent. See, they can't see this. Yeah, you know? but they would have figured it out just when I started speaking because I won. <laughs> don't need to narrate every little thing that happens. Oh, don't I though? It's a podcast. I would really appreciate you narrating everything that happens. Hey, look who knows how to do a podcast. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to choose to play Shy. And I'm going to choose that song because it is one of my favorites. And early on, the band was was behind releasing it as an early single and then everybody abandoned me and jumped ship on that idea <laughs> so um i would like to give it a little love and then also we're um figuring out how to play it live just now kind of over and over in soundcheck and i'm i'm excited to get it to get it out there live yeah, be the first time we play it live tonight exciting guys thank you very much for being on my show thank you for having us thank you so much
Hi, this is Taylor and Kelsey. We're in a band called Local Natives. And you're listening to The Interview Show. With Scott Wood. Fuck. Fuck. All right, do it again. <laughs> Outtakes are going to be good. Okay. All right. Hi, this is Taylor and Kelsey. We're in a band called Local Natives. And you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. <laughs> 